to be honest, I'm having a hard time uh, believing that Christmas is almost here. It's just been sneaking up on me this year. Uh, How about at your household? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Monday edition, this 20th day of December. We're about to run out a month in about 11 days and usher in the year of 2022. As we come to you this week before Christmas, these last days, and I want to share on these first couple of days of the week some news stories that I've been following. With all the travel, it is sometimes hard to be in a location where it's easy to produce this program. And, And today, well, I'm kind of at home base where I'm more accustomed and I have more ways of seeing the things that I need to be doing to share with you better. I just want to share some news stories with you on some of the various topics we talk about frequently. And I'll be talking a little bit about the virus, not too much. Maybe more about the the aftermath of some of the stupidity of our response to it and, and some of the good news that I'm seeing going forward. If Christmas is so-called, as we hear it on the Hallmark Channel, you know, it's a magical time of the year. Maybe in some ways this year it might be, and I'll explain in a couple of minutes. Before I get to that, let me just share a couple of other things. There was no doubt 2,000 years ago there was a need for a Savior to be born in Bethlehem to fulfill the Scripture. And, And as I look at some of these news stories today just some news stories, not even pandemic related, just some stuff that's going on. It's an eye opener of just how far we have fallen as a people, especially in the once Christian nations. We don't deserve a savior. We deserve God's judgment with some of the things that I'm seeing, but God is merciful. I want to share some of those stories with you today. And, and, and listen carefully. This really, some of these stories, it angers you, but it also, it breaks my heart that we've come to this point in our world. Now, I saw this story shared and I double-checked, did a little bit of research on my own. We've all heard this term that kind of came into our public libraries over the past several years called Drag Queen, a queen Story Hour. You know, drag queen story hour. That's where some man dressed as a woman uh, comes in to read fairy tales in a public library to young, impressionable children. I'm sure you've all heard those stories before. There are plenty of them out there. Even in places where you would never think this kind of stuff would would ever happen, it does. I can remember reading about it last year and the year before in Greenville, South Carolina, of all places. Not a place you would expect Drag Queen Story Hour. And it's occurred in many major cities and in many of what I call the pagan cities of the United States. And believe me, there are plenty of them. There, we, we have pagan-run cities now in the United States. And so these kind of perversions are natural to them. Now, this story comes out of the Chicago area, and I'm not just picking on them. It's a story that was brought to my attention. So this drag queen story hour 
which has been plaguing public libraries and, and public schools for a number of years. But can you imagine a drag queen prayer time for children during a Sunday morning worship at a so-called church? Now, if you didn't hear that, let me say it again. A drag queen prayer time for children during Sunday morning at, at a so-called church in whatever they're worshiping. This, this happened just recently at a place called St. Uh, Luke's Lutheran Church of Logan Square, which is just outside of the city of Chicago. Now, let's stop right here. There are a number of issues. There are a lot of different types of Lutherans out there. There are some very conservative, Bible-believing Lutherans, and I mean, I, I know some very small groups. Missouri Synod tends to be very conservative theologically. Wisconsin Synod, Independent Lutheran Diocese, and I can I can think of a number of small groups. And if I didn't mention one that you know of, it's not from. There's just plenty of them, but there are also plenty now of apostate Lutheran church groups that, in my opinion, are no longer the church. They are no longer a body of the living Christ on this earth. They have become synagogues of Satan himself. With their horrid theology, their warping and distorting of the gospel, and a message that will send you straight to hell. And so here's what happened at this ELCA church, the ELCA, Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. There's still a a few supposedly conservative congregations left, but you'd have a hard time proving it by me. I've met some pastors. They they put on this air of being biblical, but they are anti-scriptural, anti the Christian message. It's all about wokeism, meism, and worshiping the planet. And that's why they're reprobate. So at this St. Luke's Lutheran Church of Logan Square, after having a man dress up as a woman and preach the Sunday morning sermon, I looked at the video, I watched this thing, I was appalled. There's a guy, he's dressed like a woman, a drag queen, and he's preaching the Sunday morning message in a church. And then the man called the children to the front of the church where he led them in a prayer. And I'm not even, I I could have extracted the audio from their video. The audio quality wasn't that good and the prayer is laughable. It is actually disgusting. Now, according to their, by the way, according to the Facebook page, which I've also been to for the church, this was a dress rehearsal for joy. And by the way, this drag queen, this drag queen, this guy, just so you know, he's a seminarian going to the Lutheran Theological School in Chicago. I'll tell you a little story about that in a few minutes. His name is Aaron Musser, and he preached in drag, inviting us to reflect on the joy that overflows so abundantly. He wanted you to wear the garments and accessories of your choice that make you 100% like the best version of yourself. This is so-called the gospel message. He's preaching to a congregation and then to children that he leads in some kind of prayer. Now, 
he decided instead of telling you this is how I want you to be joyful as we prepare for this dress rehearsal, I figured I would instead put on a dress as so many have inspired me, (laughs) inspired him to wear a dress. I wanted to follow their example, showing that liberation from oppressive laws, God's law, oppressive laws clears a path for joy. So seminarian Aaron Musser, who gave the message, is also ready for this. He, he's been seen in a bunch of upcoming, he, he's in performances right now of the Chicago Gay Men's Chorus. So he's homosexual to boot, uh, having prayers with children and preaching dressed as a drag queen. Do you see the LGBT community and all the other letters and symbols that they're adding? I can't keep up. But they have, they're making their way into the formerly mainline churches. The Episcopal Church comes to mind. The Methodist Church comes to mind. I saw a story about where they took down a stained glass window in a Methodist church that centered on Christ and put up a stained glass window of their new lesbian bishop that they had created. They're celebrating that over Christ. I'm telling you this, we're going crazy out here. And this is supposedly what used to be the church world. And so I'm telling you, it's it's pretty sick that these people are finding joy in rebelling against God, his holy word, and his law, and his gospel, and they are involving children in this warped sickness. That's what it is, satanic sickness. It is a sure way to end up worse than a millstone, as the Bible says, tied around your neck and tossed into the sea. Now, as I said, This St. Luke's Lutheran Church, Logan Square, outside of Chicago and Illinois, is a proud congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. And as I said, it's a church body, ELCA, that is increasingly not even evangelical, except in, well, if you you call spreading the bad news. And they're increasingly non-Christian, and many of the churches have achieved that goal already. They've become a reprobate church in a true synagogue of Satan. Now, I went to the church's website to to look carefully and also their Facebook page, and, and I and their their so-called pastor is a is a gal called Erin Coleman, and she's proud to display the preferred pronouns of she and her. Because, see, gender is fluid in that church. You can be whatever you want to be. If I'm a man that wants to be a woman, yeah, my, my you, you fill out, if you, if you go as far as to fill out an inquiry form, they ask you for your preferred pronouns. So gender fluidity. Gay pride, virtue signaling, political action, a distorted view of the Christian faith. It is an apostate church. It's not a church. It is a synagogue of Satan. And more and more churches that used to be centered on the gospel of Christ, that used to preach the good news, the virgin birth, the resurrection, the, the death of Jesus, his burial, and his resurrection from the dead, and the giving of the Holy Spirit. All these things used to be taught in those churches, but Satan moved in, and we allowed that, that leaven into to destroy it. And people just sat back in their pews and said, it's wonderful. 
Now, once again, in their website, here's something, some of the stuff that I found. And what they wrote, these are their words, not mine. It says, we at St. Luke strive to be a radically welcoming congregation. We affirm all races, ethnicities, gender identities, sexual orientation, or any other diverse background. Wherever you're from, whatever you believe or doubt, you are loved by God and by us. We are on a journey toward anti-racist, anti-oppression transformation, seeking to inhabit those values as a lifelong spiritual practice. And your presence among us strengthens the community. And then they, the only time I see this of Christ, they're, they're, saying, they're, they're trying to claim Christianity here. And you're welcome to be here. Okay, so they use the word Christ one time and being Christian one time in their statement of who they are. And it's all about your sexuality, your race, your orientation, your your identities, your differences, your, your sin that you celebrate. It's all about those things, and then they kind of wrap it around the word Christ. Not Jesus Christ, but Christ. And then they have this line. Who we are becoming as individuals and as a community, we are always in the process of becoming. Now, that's what they write. Who we are becoming as individuals and a community, we are always in the process of becoming. And my question is, becoming what? More apostate, less Christian, more in opposition to God, more spitting on the face of Jesus Christ and denying his truth and warping it into some sexual perversion, destroying the lives of children. And then they write this. At St. Luke's, and I'm sure that's, that, that Brother Luke is, is not happy that his name is involved. At St. Luke's, this looks like engaging in the liberation theology model of action and reflection. We learn to reflect together about the systemic sin in our world, oppression, that takes root within each of us. And we take meaningful action towards social justice and social liberation. They write, you will see liberation theology. Now, liberation theology was spit out of the depths of hell. Take my word for that one. You'll see liberation theology at work in our worship. Liberation theology at work in our anti-racism ministry. Liberation theology at work in our public faith team. Our intergenerational ministry and so much more. I, I keep looking for something that defines themselves like we believe in the, you know, the early creeds of the church. I believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of all things. You know, I, I mean, they, they don't talk about any of that. None of it. They're ashamed of it. It's their liberation theology. And of course, Aaron Coleman, the female so-called pastorette or whatever you want to call it of this, of this satanic cult called a church, that's what they are, making a mockery. She's got all of her, you know, uh, you know she's, she's got all of her, uh, what do you call those things, piercings in her nose and face. You know, she's got to have the look and her preferred pronouns. What is so sad, what really 
I read that and, and, you know, I get upset. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of you are too listening to this, especially if you came out of a church that ended up folding into ELCA back, back in the eighties and nineties, late seventies. They had such high hope. Many people, many people that founded ELCA, it, it was really a merging of two church bodies. If you know the truth and the history, I do. But there was already that leaven in the mix, and nobody wanted to talk about it. They had already compromised on several essential things, and nobody wanted to talk about it. And over time, that leaven destroyed from the inside, rotted it out from the inside, became a cancer to kill a once faithful church body. Go back 150 years ago, 100 years ago. Pastors of that generation, let's say in the 1940s, your typical pastor in, the, in an LCA or ALC church, if they saw what was going on today, they would vomit. They would be, they, they would be having heart attacks. I'm looking at a picture of the inside of that church. And you go back to the early 20th century when people put in such craftsmanship and beautiful church buildings. And this one is no exception. People gave sacrificially to build such a building to the glory of God. And now it is being used for the glory of Satan, not for God. God was kicked out. The lampstand, as it says in the book of Revelation, has been long pulled. Doesn't exist there anymore. The fire of the Holy Spirit has been quenched. It has been extinguished by by the desire to make this a center of sin, not a center of redemption. So many of these facilities around the United States have been gutted of the true Christian faith. They're teaching a false, heretical, and damnable gospel, in my opinion, which is not the true gospel. St. Paul says, if they preach another gospel, which is what these churches are doing, they are an anathema. They are to be shunned. They are to be ridiculed. You are to leave them and do not touch the unclean thing. Get out from amongst them. And as I looked carefully over every page of their website and of their Facebook page, there is no profession of the Christian faith as given over the centuries. You know, the faith once delivered to all doesn't exist on their webpage or social media. All it is is a bunch of LGBTQ material and social issue after social issue, rainbow flags, and your kids can choose their own pronoun in our church. Yeah, we we need we need a savior. And we have one. And this church building at one time, they they would sing hymns and really mean it. Oh, come let us adore him, oh, you know, Christ the Lord, remembering his birth, remembering his epiphany, remembering his earthly ministry. Now, during Advent, we were reminded of John the Baptist multiple times, preparing the way of the Lord, make straight the path. And what did John the Baptist do? Did John the Baptist go affirming, what are your preferred pronouns? 
Did John the Baptist say, what's your sexuality? Let's celebrate it. All these things that these woke churches now embrace because they took the truth of the scripture, ripped it apart, tossed it out, reinvented it, and they are now an anathema to the faith, a danger to the faith, and they'll be judged harshly. These fake pastors running around in their wonderful little bright rainbow-colored robes leading small children unto the arms of Satan himself. When does this end? And, and see, here's the problem. This is becoming more the norm. Now, stop and think about this for a second. Now, hang on with me real quick. It's not just one little church like this church near Chicago with their pastorette and their gay seminarian dressing like a woman in drag with lipstick to lead children in prayer. This is not... This is increasingly no longer the exception to the rule. It's becoming the rule in too many of the mainstream churches. Not all, but it doesn't take long to find these churches and their celebration of sin instead of, instead of coming before God in his presence, looking for forgiveness, seeking his blessing, and having his Holy Spirit lead in our lives. We know we've changed it all. We've changed it all for the glory of man, not for the glory of God. You know, a few weeks ago, I started mentioning the new statistics that for the first time, for the first time, the majority of people in the United States are totally and absolutely unchurched, not connected to any faith group of any kind, period. Call them agnostic, call them atheist. Call them self-centered. Call them whatever you want. They are now 53% of this country. 53%. The 47% left. The 47% left that have an affiliation with a church. Well, they, they go to this church. The one there near Chicago with the, with the drag queen preaching. They're in that 47% of those that still go to a church. And I can name you other churches by, you know, by the dozen, whether they're Presbyterian, whether they are woke Methodist, whether, they, you know, Lutheran, Episcopalian. I can name them all to you, United Church of Christ, that have gone apostate. They've spit on the face of Christ. They've ripped his divinity out of the scriptures. And it's all a church about meism, celebrating my sin and wokeism. Yeah, they're the majority of the 47%. Think about that for a moment. 53% have no, nothing, no kind of faith in anything. It doesn't matter. It could be a, it, it, it could be universal. They're not even Unitarian. They're not even Islamic. They're not even anything. They're nothing. That's 53%, the 47%. The majority of them are made up of denominations that do things like this church I just mentioned. We are down, friends, to a very small church body. You know, I'm looking at something in the book of Acts, and this really comes to me. 
Acts chapter 8, I'm going to begin. I mean, there was a lot of persecution going on at that time. And it was actually Saul, later to be converted to be and, and be known as St. Paul. The church was under huge oppression. Matter of fact, in the chapter before, we see Stephen, young man full of grace, ordained as a deacon at that time. And he was stoned to death for what he believed. And St. Paul was the one that held the men's garments. He didn't know Jesus Christ yet. But here, you know, and, and Saul at that time was making havoc of the church, entering into every house in that area, hailing men and women, committed them to prison for what they believed. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word of God. So the, these Christians, instead of just hiding, they went and preached the word elsewhere. It's funny. Let's think about this in terms of Advent. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight that path. There's something that it just dawned on me, and it's dawned on me before, but it just it's coming to mind again. Any place the church grew, messengers were sent out ahead. Even every, do you, know, you ever think about this? Every place that Jesus visited by, you know, with his disciples, every place that he ever went, somebody had been there before to make the path straight. If you go back, early in Jesus' ministry, he had instructed you know, the 70 or 72 individuals to go out two by two to all these places around the region. And wherever you went and you felt the Spirit say, stay, you stay. If you felt you're being rejected, kick the dust off your feet and move on. Get out of there. See, Jesus only visited the ones that were, well, ready to receive the message. He never went to those cities where that peace and that spirit was not. Increasingly, our cities were finding just tiny groups of real believers left. The pandemic has been used to suppress many a church. After all, Satan hates the possibility of a real church in worship because, yeah, where two or three are gathered in, their, in his name, there's, there's Christ is among them. And they can exercise power and authority, as you see in the book of Acts. Good example. This is what I wanted to mention. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles that he did. Now listen to this carefully. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them. And many taken with palsies that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. In other words, when the message is received, the power of God comes upon them. Wonderful things happen. But see, at St. Luke's Church up there in the Chicagoland area, with their gender identity, their celebration of sin, their drag queen preachers, who belonged to the Chicago Gay Men's Chorus, trying to drag your children into their lifestyle, 
so they don't feel so alone in what they do. They want to grab your child. They want them to follow their pathway. And they call it good. God calls it evil. God calls it apostate. God calls it reprobate. And the majority of the 47% in this country of the United States that's still left going to a church, hey, look at places like England. What is it, like 90-some-odd percent don't go anywhere anymore? Canada, how bad is your attendance? And those few faithful preachers that are out there are persecuted, hunted down, when they dare worship because they're not afraid of your stinking virus and your your stupid protocols, and they're not going to submit, then bend the knee to a satanic state. They're the ones you come after. Lori Lightfoot. Chicago, Illinois. There was a faithful church that tried to meet during the pandemic. She ordered the police department to tow every car away. Turned out that none of those cars had anything to do with the church. They just happened to be parked on the street. What a mess they have. But that's how much she hated the church. Once again, Lori Lightfoot, or Lori, yeah, Lori, her, she's gay. She's a lesbian with a lesbian partner. Of course she's going to hate the true word of God because the true word of God convicts her on everything she's ever done. We have to stop the madness. We have to change this narrative. When we come back, I've got a few more news stories that I want to share with you. Not so much to make your blood boil, not to make you angry, but just to make it clear what we're really facing in our world today. This is not the world of 50 years ago, 100 years ago, or even 200 years ago. While sin has always been there, I've never seen it celebrated on such a grand scale by local governments, state governments in some cases, and even the federal government. We are in a time where, I say Maranatha, I hope the Lord comes quickly. I don't know how much longer we can hold out. If the United States is the last bastion for freedom in this country, we're we're in big trouble because the majority of people, they're not even believers in true freedom anymore. They want their freedom to be placed into bondage. I'll talk about that on the other side. Do you believe in the ministry we have here? Can't believe Christmas is almost here. And if you can help us out as we prepare for January, a lot of projects on the uh, I'll talk maybe about that on tomorrow's broadcast but if you can help us financially would you make out a check payable to Ancient Word Radio that's Ancient Word Radio at 5753 Highway 85 North that's 5753 Highway 85 North number 3248 that's a box number by the way secure number 3248 so that's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. And the community is Crestview, Crestview, Florida. One word, Crestview. And the zip code in Florida, 32536. Once again, that zip code is 32536. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Is Christmas a Jewish holiday? 
Mm. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now, on the surface, Christmas doesn't seem to be a Jewish holiday. Christmas trees, Santa Claus, Frosty, Rudolph, nothing about it seems Jewish. But of course, none of these things are what really Christmas is all about. The word Christmas comes from the Hebrew word Mashiach or Messiah. Christmas is a totally, thoroughly, absolutely kosher Jewish holiday. Because what is it but the birth of a Jewish baby to a Jewish mother in a Jewish city greeted by Jewish shepherds, hailed as the Jewish king, foretold by the Jewish prophets to fulfill the Jewish hope of the Jewish yearning for the Jewish redemption, the Jewish Messiah. What could possibly be more Jewish than that? There was no other nation waiting so long for the birth of their king, the Messiah. No other nation waiting for such a birth of its savior in the town of Bethlehem or Bethlehem. So celebrate the birth, celebrate the miracle, that light that's come into the world to redeem every life that comes to it and to give to each life the blessings of the new birth. But as you celebrate, remember, it's a Jewish holy day. You share in the blessings of Israel's hope and you have through the Jewish people received the greatest of all gifts. And this holy day, Messiah's birthday, will never be complete until it's celebrated by his own family. So whenever you see a manger scene or a Christmas card, let it remind you that the Lord's ancient family are more than statues and pictures. They're people who still live among you and need to hear the good news, the Jewish people. So celebrate Messiah's birth by loving and blessing and helping and praying for and bringing back the greatest of gifts to the people who first gave it to you. Want more? Ask for the Christmas Hanukkah connection. Now, how'd you like to receive something so awesome, been hidden for 2,000 years and never before been revealed in the world? Well, you can. The awesome, unprecedented mystery of the temple doors and sapphires guaranteed to help you become strong and victorious in God. How do you get all these free gifts? Easy. Just remember Jesus' Hebrew name, Yeshua, and dial it. So easy. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. But call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now, I invite you to join with me in bringing salvation back to God's ancient nation, Israel, and all the unreached peoples on five continents, over a billion people. Just call now. 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct, the nice Jewish boy at box 1111, Lodi, New Jersey, 07644. It's a nice Jewish boy box 1111 in Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, until next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying, Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah Hamatan, the gift. is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our Monday edition, this 20th day of December, as we're winding up the year uh, 2021. Many people would say, and not a minute too soon. We started 2020, I mentioned this the other day in the broadcast, we started out 2020, really the end of 2019, I know for my wife and I, with with so many things we thought we were going to get to do in terms of ministry and the the work that I felt strongly about and that everything was just upended by the pandemic, as many of you remember. 
and how many things have changed. How many churches, I, I look at some of these churches, they're still running around afraid of the virus. Just, just total fear. Oh, we, we can't meet in person. Maybe we ought to go back to Zoom church or, or Facebook church. Because, you know, nothing's there to protect us from the virus except ourselves and Dr. Fauci. There's something wrong with that picture. The church has been emasculated, just destroyed from within. Nobody's standing on the promises of God. Nobody, nobody's looking at, we're looking at a man-centered church. Look at that one I just mentioned up in, in Chicago. And I hate to pick on that church, but they're, they were in the news. St. Luke's, Aaron Coleman's little church. And everybody, all the little children sit up in the front of the church with their little face diapers on, listening to the drag queen lead them in prayer. And, 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 and we wonder, and we wonder why this world is being impacted by a virus, why it is being impacted by evil rulers. It's because of the condition of our world today. Now, I'm just going to spend a very short amount of time on a few what I call Corona insanity stories, just to, and then you'll, you'll understand why in just a moment. Now, first, you know, the Omicron variant, the Omicron variant, everybody's in, you know, you watch the news people on CNN, MSNBC, and everybody else that's morally, intellectually, and spiritually bankrupt, they are in panic mode, total panic mode. And, and countries are imposing restrictions once again. We got to lock it down. We got to make you get vaccinated with this garbage in your vein. And the data about Omicron is kind of strange. It, it spreads fast, but the, the, the cases are really mild. Scientists, real ones out of uh, South Africa are saying, you know, the most common signs of this thing are basically a scratchy throat you get tired those are the symptoms and so but we still got we still got to fear the virus fear the virus don't meet don't get together wear your face diaper you can't meet it in other words we want to control your life we we don't want this one to run through because see if omicron ever ran through our society there'd be natural immunity and this virus is deader than a doornail we can't have that because governments, the tyrants of this world, the Satan lovers of this world, those that look upon themselves as your rulers, not your leaders, they don't want to lose this newfound control over you. And there's rush to vaccinate everybody and, and have the corona passes and all this vaccine passport nonsense has nothing to do with your health at all. Control. Control of where you go, how you go, what you can do, where you can ultimately spend your money. That's coming next. And don't think that it isn't. We're coming into this really weird time. And so the idea of having the sniffles, a scratchy throat and being tired for two days, we have to live in fear of that now. It's the Omicron. It's the Omicron variant. It's Corona insanity. You know, naturally, and I mentioned it last week, if you listen, every doctor that I've talked to, legitimate medical doctor, says they were taught in school back in the day that a virus, like the one that hit the world, 
if they're not messed with by evil madmen like Fauci and company, they naturally wind themselves down, becoming more infectious but less deadly, and then even less symptomatic. And it has become a nuisance, not a killer. And now these vaccines, I, I, I sometimes wonder if they're the cause of some of the other variants that we saw because of this unnatural thing in our bodies. Only time will tell what damage we may have done to our children that are getting this stuff. Thankfully, only about 14 or 15 percent of children, and maybe as high as 16 percent, between the age of 5 and, and 11 have gotten this. And I hope that it stays to zero, really. They don't need it. This is for these idiots that run our schools, and they are idiots. Most of them that run public schools today are idiots, reprobates, and a danger to you and your faith. Look at Loudoun County, Virginia. Critical race theory, transgenderism. There are school districts where they're having, you know, well, if you think you're a boy or a girl, we'll help you get there, and we won't tell your parents. No, these are the kind of school districts that need to be shut down. You need to have home schools, Christian schools, have no students available, shut them down. Because if you don't, these, these organizations, these schools are going to infect your child with all this satanic garbage. And that's all they are. They're another synagogue of Satan, these public schools in these woke areas. Now, this story comes out of England, okay? But it's not alone. I just want to quickly give you one. This happened about a week ago. Uh, Chloe Wilby, she's the mother of a kindergartner by the name of Mason, uh, told a local news uh, paper there that the Wigton Infant School, what a name, Wigton Infant School, condemned her son to an outdoor shed after observing that he had a runny nose. Oh, yeah. It's wintertime, okay? Wintertime. And you have a little, you know, six-year-old little, little kid, like four or five years of age. Yeah, four-year-old, he's got the sniffles. So everybody at the school goes into absurd panic. He's got the coronavirus. He's going to kill us all. And so they... So they contacted or tried to call the mother, and they put the child <laughs> in an outdoor shed. That's right, an outdoor shed. Because he had a runny nose. And, and then they eventually informed the mother to pick her son up as soon as possible, omitting the fact that he was ex- being exposed to 40-degree weather with no access to heat. They didn't bother to give that little detail. Oh, by the way, your kid's in an outdoor shed. We don't want to kill anybody, you know, because your kid's got the sniffles. When the mother entered, got to the school, she noticed her four-year-old son with hands red raw, eyes watering like mad. And of course, you know, runny nose down his face. He couldn't talk. He was shivering. He was shivering. They even made him eat his lunch outside. No toys, no games, no nothing. Just you wait, you infected little thing. You're going to kill us all with your COVID. They decided to have the child taken to the doctor by an ambulance because he was in such bad shape. Now, this is this is the madness of a school. Now, here's where the story, you know, you think it, you thought it was interesting before. 
Here's where this story takes a kind of a strange turn. In a statement to the News and Star, Jeff Norman, who is the headmaster, head teacher of this, ready for it now? Hold on. This wonderful infant school, it's a progressive pro-LGBT school. Hmm. Yes. The gays teaching your children in this progressive school. And they define that Wigman's infant school priority for segregation has always been at the Wigton Infant School of LGBTQ, the well-being of our children, which now includes we must stop the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And this includes moving children who display runny noses or COVID-19 symptoms to a separate space, in this case, an outdoor shed, until the parents can pick them up. Now, they no longer, because of the bad publicity, do you think, are going to use the outdoor shed anymore. They're not going to make your child freeze outside and get sicker. By the way, the kid didn't have COVID, just so you know. Now, this story destroys me internally, makes me angry, sad, and want, and literally wanting to cry. I mean, you want to see a grown man cry. When I see this kind of child abuse, that's what it is, child abuse. I want to see all of those, those LGBT teachers. I want that school shut down so bad by almighty God. I want that child to be delivered from the hands of those Satanists. I mean, I'm angry at the parents. You know, what's wrong with them? I guess because England, nobody goes to church anymore. Nobody believes the Bible anymore. They make a mockery and spit in the face of Jesus right down to their, you know, the prince, to their, their princes and everybody else. They're a bunch of reprobates and they're afraid of a virus and they want you to, they want you to be afraid to be locked down, have your spirit crushed. Yeah, that's the world we're living in. And the parents, and the parents having their child in what nothing is more than a school that's a satanic sex cult. I think the least of their worries is their child coming down with COVID. It's being infected with the sin of that school that'll destroy their soul. And see, it's not just an overseas problem in England. That just, that just you know, was one of those stories, you know, even in Oregon, the, you know, the, the Wigton infant school is not the only one that has become heavy handed and under criticism. Kindergartners were filmed about a week or so ago. You may have seen it. You may have seen this at the Capitol Hill Elementary School in Portland, Oregon. They were forced to eat lunch outdoors where it's cold and, and they were having to be social distance. They didn't have chairs or benches. They had to sit on buckets. This cult of COVID, that's what it is. It's becoming a cult of COVID. More people die of cancer and heart disease. I saw some stats I'll probably share tomorrow if I get a chance. But occasionally you find some good news. And I'm sure many of you saw this. A judge held a hospital in contempt for not giving ivermectin to a dying woman when the family and everybody demanded it you know there is a law in this country you know where you can 
do experimental on yourself when you have no other choice, but they, they fought it. These hospitals are fighting you using anything but their approved method of killing you people. You know, we, we observe you getting worse, then we throw you on a ventilator, give you remsidere, and then you die and we make all this money. So you cannot mess up our money. That's what it's coming down to. Many of the hospitals today are run by Satan himself, not by people that care about you. They have long abandoned the Hippocratic Oath. All it is, it's show me the money. Well, the hospital finally, after several days, followed the court order. And they had every excuse. Well, that's not our policy. It's not how we want to do things. We like the CDC, the controlled death you know, method uh, of running our hospital because it pays us lots of money. Well, they, they're having to pay 10000 per day retroactive to the date of the court's ruling. In other words, they were going to just tell the judge to pound sand, we're the, we're the hospital, we have pharma money, who do you think you are? <laughs> well, tell you what, I, I've seen how these hospitals work. I had a friend in another hospital getting close to death using the CDC controlled death protocol. The wife got him out of that VA hospital, got him to a person that would, a doctor that would treat him, and he is now recovering. So had that not happened, I doubt if this friend of mine on the other coast of Florida would be alive today. Telling you, it's all about the money and big pharma. And I'm seeing other stories, and I just don't even know where to begin and, and, and how to continue to tell you the, that. So, look, there is a danger out there. Yes, I get it. But the solutions that they're giving us are absolutely insane. They don't make any sense. Why do we want to inject an experimental drug into children that never really come down with COVID? And if they do, their survival rate is like 100%. And they're terrible spreaders. We all, and here's something else. This narrative is falling apart. The narrative about get the vaccine and then you can all get together for lunch or a cocktail or whatever the case may be, that doesn't make any sense either. I was reading a story the other day that people that are vaccinated spread and get COVID just as equally as anybody that's unvaccinated. (laughs) So what is the purpose of this? And in my opinion, here's what makes it worse. If they have mild symptoms and they come down with this, they're real spreaders. Because see, they're not wearing their mask. They're not social distancing anymore. If this is what if this is what the truism really is. Do you see the craziness that we've got going on? We demand people take a vaccine so they can go to a restaurant. And, and these people are believing that they're bulletproof against COVID, and they are absolutely not. They come down with COVID even more often than the non-vaccinated. Figure that one out. Having a hard time understanding why more people, and we're saying it's a percentage against the number, not just in raw numbers. So, you know, the number per 100,000 of vaccinated versus non-vaccinated, you get them down below the age of 80, more of the vaccinated are dying of COVID under the age of 70 than, than, figure that one out, doesn't make any sense. Younger people, I mean, we have like, what, six times the number of athletes having heart conditions for the first time ever. It's a 40 times greater risk for people in middle age 
to have the vaccine damage their heart compared to coming down and, re- and recovering from COVID. There, there's something wrong. And, and now they're talking, how many boosters? How many, are we going to be a pincushion for the pharmaceutical companies to make more money? And we wonder why Christmas is, you know, well, why it seems to sneak up. It's hard to get into the Christmas spirit when you live in Christmas, when you live in a world full of insanity. It's hard to find joy when the world is screaming fear. It's hard. It's hard to, to find that peace of God which passes all understanding, but the thing is, he's still there. And I can understand this particular song. It's kind of secular, but it does have a really true message within it. When we ask ourselves at this time of the year, when we look at this very strange world, where are you, Christmas? Where are you, Christmas? Why can't I find you? Why have you gone away? Where is the Can't I hear music play? My world is changing. I'm rearranging. Does that mean Christmas changes?
for many people today. Where are you Christmas? Christmas past the memories. As we progress this week, I may share a few memories of Christmas or two, and I can tell you that by the time we get to the weekend, I'm going to share with you a special program of music and memories uh, for the weekend edition. That's my promise. I think think we'll need that time to get away from this new state religion of COVID, the cult of COVID, the mass COVIDians. And you never can question the goddess of the vaccine, which is the cult sacrament. Because if you do, you're misguided. You're dangerous. You're a danger to the community yourself. You're irresponsible. You're a weirdo that needs to be shamed into obedience. You need to be fired from your job, starved by being thrown out of restaurants and grocery stores. We need to get rid of those that actually may put faith in God to take care of their need. And and God forbid you don't go, you know, if you're in one of those blue states and you want to go to church without a face diaper, oh, we can't have that happen. We've been brainwashed. We have been brainwashed into believing the vaccine is highly safe and highly effective when the opposite is true. People, they still come down with COVID. They still spread it. So what's the purpose? And then they want to suppress the things that actually do work. That sounds like a cult to me. Trying to bury the truth to perpetuate and to worship a lie. We read in 2 Thessalonians, they willingly believe the lie and they come into mass delusion. We're going to get into that a little bit more tomorrow. We're supposed to obey the Messiah of the of the virus, the father of the virus, the wizard of COVID himself, Dr. Anthony Fauci, who has been proven wrong and a liar multiple times, multiple times. And speaking of time, I think we're about to run out of time for this Monday edition. We have a lot more I want to share on tomorrow's broadcast on on Tuesday. As I said, toward the end of the week, I've got some very special things planned as well. Hope that you'll be with us. Do you believe in this ministry of truth to ponder? I ask that question because we're coming to the end of the month very soon. And I want to thank all of you to date that have supported this radio ministry financially as we go into the year 2022. If you can help us financially, would you consider a small gift and mail it to Ancient Word Radio is the name of the our parent and mail that to 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248 in Crestview, Florida, Crestview 32536. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.